Welcome to the Social Propertypreneur Podcast. And here is your host, social media queen, property investor, and entrepreneur, Laura Muse. Morning, everybody. Laura Muse here. And today I am with a very inspirational lady who I was fortunate to meet quite early on in my journey um, and taking loads of information away from that. Um, In just over six years, she's built a £6 million property portfolio. Um, Her and her husband now have a team of nine people, um, and they're continuing to um, acquire and expand their property portfolio down south. Um, She's the founder of CEO, uh, she's the founder and CEO of Tom's Home, so that doesn't give it away. Um, She's also the creator of the property strategy, um, and I'm delighted to welcome Jackie Tooms. Thank you. So lovely to be with you, Laura. Thanks for having me. No, thank you. Um, so, Jackie, for people who don't know you, where the hell have they been? But <laughs> um, do you mind just giving a little bit of background of, of where you're from and how you got into property, if that's all right with you? Yeah, so I, it was, it's actually really cool doing this here right now because um, so I'm in the French Alps at the moment. Uh, we've been stuck here since the beginning of <laughs> lockdown when our ski holiday went south when they closed the ski area. But this was basically the dream. The dream was more snow and more ski area opened, but this was the dream. And the cool thing is the apartment just across the way that I can see from where I'm sitting yeah. was where I was when I was, I was on a week ski holiday from my job in market research. And I didn't want to have to go back to work. And I thought maybe I could, if I could start saving up loads of money, I could get into property, like save up, buy a property and do that uh, over a few years. And uh, that's where the dream was born to basically say, I want to be able to go on more holidays and to not have to ask for permission. Uh, and here we are seven years later. And uh, it's, 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 a, it's a reality. Like we're here, we're, I don't know when we're coming back to the UK and, and the whole business has been set up to enable it. Uh, so that's, in a nutshell how the property stuff got to here we've done that we started with uh, single let properties doing the buy refurbish refinance uh, approach um, we then got really distracted um, we did some great uh, training in property which was great and inspired us and pushed us forwards but then it also led to complete overwhelm trying to do way too many things um, got really burnt out and luckily we through that process started working with a business coach and he made us realize how much of a shitstorm basically we were building in property like we didn't have any financial management systems in place we had no idea how profitable we were everything came down to us and he was like you guys need to sort this out uh, and that led us on the journey to really embracing the whole business strategy concept which actually made a lot of sense to me because I'd, I'd done a degree uh, that was a focused around business um, and market research is a lot about understanding business and people and behavior. So it all made a lot of sense to me. It was just about putting those things together. And through that, that's the only reason we've been able to scale up to the level that we have. We now buy blocks of flats, um, yeah. but to also not be working all the time. Slightly different at the moment. We've worked really hard because of this coronavirus. Cause I'm like, I'm not, I'm not gonna come out of this and regret it. Uh, but yeah, we, we've built a business that allows us to go on holiday every six weeks. Uh, and that, that was the dream, in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Um, so you work with your other half, Dave, uh, detailed Dave, as we know him. Um, I work with my other half. Um, what things did you have to uh, maybe compromise on, uh, adjust? Because obviously being in a relationship and then going from a, a relationship to a working relationship can be quite difficult. I found that Um We've had some real things to overcome. How have you found that? And what did you put in place to to manage that better? 
think at the beginning it was it was probably the worst at the beginning because we yeah. didn't have defined roles and you don't really know what on earth you're doing at the beginning so you're both kind of like mucking in and getting on each other's toes and for us understanding our strengths and differences and building our roles in the business around those has been a real game changer because us, us having our own autonomy within the business uh, based on our skill set has been really liberating so you know we we still book meetings with each other like I don't know what he's working on all day every day same here so it's like we're very yeah. autonomous and then we just come together at the parts that we need to uh, we found wealth dynamics so helpful for that and we've actually continued to use that ever since so we first did our wealth dynamics back in 2015 I think it was and <laughs> and I, I thought when we got the profile tests results that they the company had mixed it up um and got us the wrong way around because I thought Dave was going to be the creator because he was a musician I was like he's a creative guy he's gonna be the creator and I'm really good at like systems and processes so I'm gonna be more on the left hand side like uh, mechanic uh type and we came literally the opposite way around and actually understanding what that meant in practice has made our roles what they are today so we split things in a way that and actually across the whole business, we still do this, we're small enough to do it. We we create roles based on people's skill sets. So we're always asking each other, but also our team, like, what do you love? Uh, analyzing what they're great at. And we craft those roles around the person because for us, it's about being freed to focus on the stuff that we are just in our flow and we love and we're great at and just let go. Well, and manage letting go of the rest of it. <laughs> um, which has been great. So one, one example of that is that uh, we used to be, we used to think that I'd be the one in charge of running investor, the investor side of the business and Dave would be a more on the deal side of the business. But actually for me, uh, as the more creator element in our business, I'm great at creating those opportunities and meeting new people. Um, but it's when it comes to like that ongoing relationship or the more detailed analysis, Dave is much better at that so we ended up sort of splitting it so it's like Jackie will focus on the upfront part of uh, new investor relationships and new the deal flow and Dave's more in charge of the when we get to the nitty-gritty of analysis or the ongoing investor relationship dealing with like contracts and heads of terms and stuff like that so for us that uh, that level of understanding about who we are and what we bring has made for a much happier life oh and don't talk about invoices in bed that is against the rules <laughs> <laughs> well when I first met you obviously when I first met you it was quite early in my journey and I remember in a conversation with you being completely overwhelmed going down all these different rabbit holes me and James were kind of doing separate roles but then treading on each other's toes in other things and if people are listening, honestly, what Jackie's just said, especially about the wealth dynamics, is so interesting. And I would highly recommend anyone to go do that because it sorted our stuff out. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. It's like quite, so if just basically Google wealth dynamics. If you've no idea what we're talking about, it's a personality profiling tool. Just go and Google it. They quite often have 50% like discount off of it. So that's about, it's about 50 quid or something. Uh, we also buy the tokens in bulk so if they don't have an offer on we can we can share the tokens with you at a cheaper price so just let us know if they haven't got a discount and we'll uh, we'll, we'll help out with that um tell me a little bit about so what at what point we're always told especially when you've been through training um what's your strategy now a lot of people say it's hmo or it's buy to let but actually that's not really the property strategy that's not what we're doing that's not going to get us to us goals 
So at what point did you kind of realize that and then develop what you have? Because what you've developed is incredible and it's helped a lot of people. Um, could you share that with us? Yeah, so it was, um, it was that kind of pivot point really in, yeah, 2015 when I was working full time and doing like 10 property deals um, and like trying to also not just do single lets, but do uh, rent to rent, HMOs, developments, you know, the whole shebang, because why not go hard or go home? Uh, yeah, not a good plan. <laughs> Don't recommend that whatsoever. So that's when we were lucky enough to start working with um, a business coach and he started questioning us on, on what we really wanted. And that we had a vague idea, but we didn't have a specific idea of what we wanted. So for us, getting really clear or reconnecting with what we truly wanted from property investing was the very first step. Because I think we just get lost and you kind of get sucked into other people's dreams. Um, you know, you start thinking that maybe you want a Ferrari or something and you never actually really give a shit about wanting a Ferrari. You know, so like, what, what do you actually care about? Why did you do this? And through that, that, that questioning, that conversation, a guy called Elliot Kay changed our lives. He got us thinking about what our vision was. And then based on our vision, what was going to be the process that we were going to get there uh, with um, and how we needed to think about it like a business in order to ensure it was a sustainable approach. So uh, it was how we started to then think about the business, uh, you know, thinking about what is marketing in property? What is a sales process in property? I don't mean how you sell property. I mean, the process to acquire property how do you actually manage the ongoing management of if you've got a portfolio uh, how do you know how profitable you are who's going to help you to do all of this and like all of that had to have a strategy and it was so far removed from just saying buy to let or hmos and i think that that element is something that we have really built on ourselves so for us it was like the concepts of thinking about property like a business that was weirdly completely alien. We somehow think it's like investing and business, separate things. But actually, that is where so many things go wrong. And if you can start to apply concepts of business to property investing, that's, you know, people say, oh, passive income, that's a, that's a lie, that doesn't exist. It does exist, but you have to have it set up like a business. It's not like buy a property, there you go, done. That is like not even step one to making that happen. But the problem is it's not, it's not the sexy, easy answer that everyone wants. So for most people in property, they will not come across us as property strategy because we're only there for people when they're ready to do it properly and make it into a business and scale it up. So that for us, uh, what has, how we've developed what we learned from going through the process of business coaching and business mentorship to then realizing it was a real like kind of a bit of a eureka moment for me really when I kind of thought all these things in property that I've thought are called strategy well they're really not they're just kind of like how the business operates like what it's really there to do and that that was a real eureka moment for me that I then started to say you know that's a business model and the strategy is what gets wrapped around it and I think that's where we've been able to add a huge amount of value to the property uh, world that we have touched so far is that first of all, what of those business models is actually the right one? And that needs to come back to the, to the vision that you have and your skill set and what you're passionate about. 
uh, so that you can select that business model to then build the strategy around. Uh, and when we first tried to create strat a strategy, uh, when we had like seven different business models, um, our, our mentor had us there. We had these all these different pages of all these strategies. We had like our buy to let page. We had like a HMO strategy. Um, and we wondered why we felt overwhelmed. It was because you can't do it. You, you're like one or two human beings. You've got to focus in <clears throat> if you want it to really work like a business and, and, and be passive. Um, Jackie, obviously, we've just come out of, well, we're still in lockdown technically, <laughs> but the property market has come out of lockdown in the UK. Um, it's been a difficult time for a lot of people and the stuff that you, the content you've been putting out has been incredible and really helpful to a lot of people. Can you share with us what you changed in your business? Because people, are, I don't know about your thoughts, but I feel like people have either come out fighting or have completely retreated. There's been no middle ground. Um what did you adjust in your business and what are you going to adjust going forward into, obviously we don't know what's going to happen. And if you mind just chatting about what your what you think is going to happen, because um, you and Dave do a lot of analytics and I think it'd be really helpful for people listening, if, if you don't mind. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think for us, everything came up for reassessment. It was really depressing. We had some great plans for 2020, but they are gone. Um, so we have reassessed everything and the we went really into the detail, particularly on uh, our, our tenants. It was the first place that we started because if as long if rents aren't coming in, then we need to adjust accordingly. And obviously there's a certain, if you've been going in business long enough, hopefully you've built up a buffer that can see you through. But if we don't know how long this crisis is gonna last, you need to make some adjustments. So we did some uh, real, uh, well, first of all, reaching out to our tenants to make sure they're okay and understand what their situation was. Uh, and we made some, hypotheses around what we thought the drop in revenue would be for the portfolio from that data based on uh, a risk assessment of high, medium and low based on the types of uh, job roles that our tenants had. Um, so that was one of the very first things that we did. And off the back of that data, we just took a hatchet to the budget. Um, we just got rid of as much uh, unnecessary costs as we possibly could. Um, we took uh, Pay, pay deferments the team have taken pay deferments Dave and I have taken a, a bigger pay deferment just we were like how can we preserve as much cash as possible um, to make sure that we can see this through because that that was really the key uh, Dave and I also had a look at what lines of credit additional credit we could draw down on I don't think they're really around anymore but there were still some interest-free credit cards at that point we just yoinked as much as we could and shoved it in a savings account and just as much as possible to just preserve cash was the very first thing that we did um, we did a lot, we've done a lot, and we are still doing a lot of market analysis. And it, our predictions have evolved a lot since this started. As we, as we learn more and more, I think the important thing is to keep really plugged in to what is happening, because what we thought three months ago is a world away from what we are thinking now. Um, so for me, the biggest thing that has changed is the, the, the unemployment that situation that is coming, like the, the redundancies that are already happening. The furlough scheme is still there and redundancies are already happening. Like what's gonna happen at the end of the furlough scheme? Um, so I think that for us has been the biggest changing factor that at first we kind of thought, you know what, we'll have a period of time where the economy kind of sleeps for a bit. This furlough scheme is great. The government has really thrown a lot at this. You know, I think maybe it won't be so bad and we'll kind of come out, back out of this quite quickly. But the fact of what, what you're seeing, how badly companies are being damaged and how jobs are being lost, and also how companies, um, 
technological advancements are being sped up by the lockdown, that's also going to lessen requirement for employing people. So I think that is really our key concern at this point is how does the how badly is the property market going to be hit on account of that? And that's what we think is going to be the main factor that's going to be impacted. And whilst banks are also very uh, lean at the moment because they've kind of got a debt to repay from uh, 2008, um, that at some point that will run out and they can't be, if they have got their own problems with bad debt coming through and people not paying, where does that limit of uh, uh, looseness in uh, not being harsh in the in response, when does that end? So for us, we're, our property purchases that we had going through pre-lockdown are still on hold. Yeah. Um, we don't, because you cannot establish market value right now, this is what I don't get. I'm seeing people saying, oh, the, the GDV on this project is X million. GDV, uh, market value in what world? Like we, we haven't really, because there's a lag with the property market, you don't really see what the impact of what happened, like it takes a few months for it to trickle through. And if you look back, you know, just for the last recession, as an example, it doesn't happen straight away. The property market isn't hit straight away. There's a lag until that data really comes through just because of the nature of how long transactions take to, to actually go through. So our, our transactions are on hold at the moment. We, for us to feel comfortable proceeding at this point, it would be a dramatic drop in uh, purchase price for us to feel comfortable. And they were already below market value before the, um, uh, the crisis hit. So we're kind of biding our time for us. I'm really grateful to have Mr. Patience himself detail Dave, because um, at one point I was getting a bit um, impatient to carry on because I kind of thought by this point, you know, we'll have more of a sense of where it's going and how bad it's going to be. But we still don't yet. Mm. Um, and, you know, for the sake of just forging ahead and buying stuff because you're, you know, you don't want to miss out or you, you're impatient to go. Is it really worth it? You know, if you've been through bad times in property, you'll know how bad it can be. Yeah, we've had some bad times where we've really been screwed by lenders. Um, and if it had been a different time, it, it could have been really very bad for us in the business. And so we've kind of seen how bad it can be. And whilst I don't want to miss the opportunity, I also don't want to mess up what we've currently got. Um, so um, in terms of moving forwards, it's about re reassessing what kind of uh, prices we can are happy to pay on things. But also we're looking into... Um, uh, pound cost averaging is something that's used a lot in investing, you know, if you're investing in stocks and shares, for example, but it's not really a concept that I've thought a lot about in terms of applying to property. So with if you haven't heard of it before, pound cost averaging, if you want to invest, say, 12 grand a year into stocks and shares, rather than investing 12 grand in one particular month, you would actually invest 12 grand over, uh, you know, one, a thousand pounds a month. So I'm wondering how we can kind of apply those principles to property to de-risk the point at which you enter the market because you're not all in at one point. And us looking at blocks of flats with like 11, 10, 11, 12, 13 units, if I buy 13 units in one month at one price and the market tanks, that's a lot worse than if I bought one every single month over a certain period of time. So that's um, another area that we're doing some uh, sort of modeling and thinking on at the moment. In regards to end values, I mean, like you've just clearly said, a lot of people are still seeing GDVs X amount, but is it? I mean, we've got a new build project that, you know, luckily we've, hopefully, you know, we've just put it on the market and we've had a lot of interest. So fingers crossed before it completely tanks, we're hoping that we'll at least sell it, you Get know. Get them through. Um, but going forward, you know, 
how are you going to be working out your end values? Like, how, <laughs> what? It's like putting your finger up in the air. Like, what? How do you do it? Yeah, you, you can't. And I think yeah. that uh, there there is going to be a drop. It's how steep it is. Um, and so therefore you just have to ensure that it's at a big enough discount or that you're not in a rush to refinance it to ensure that you can navigate your way through the next period of time. And because it's impossible, you just it's got to be really uh, good discounts on what previous market values were or it's an expectation that you aren't going to want to refinance that property for a longer period because there's if there's like a, a you know there's going to be some it's, it's very unlikely to be a v-shaped recession like we're not just going to get to the bottom and bounce back up again that's um, not the reality too many too many jobs are are being lost but there if there's a you know it's going to be some sort of u-shaped curve so if you're buying at one you know halfway down the drop it's going to be a shorter period of time until the U-shape has done its thing and come back out the other side again, that actually you're at a similar price to be able to refinance. And I think that's where the problem really is. If you're dependent on what, either selling or refinancing, this is where we need to get a bit more creative. And so playing around with the idea of timeframes could really help. So either you wait longer uh, to have more of a picture about where that bottom is going to be, and then you've got a lot more flexibility about when you could refinance, or you buy on the way down and know that you've just got to hypothesize how long it's going to be to the other side of that you uh, to then be able to be back where you were again so for, for us it's like it's time frame and the, also that very uh, substantial discounts for for safety um, and having that plan b particularly if you're working with investors i think this is more important there like if it's your own funds and you've got that funds that you can just lock in for a period of time it's different but if your investors expectations are one thing and another thing happens that's where yeah. stuff goes wrong um, so it's not really a straight answer for you, Laura, but um, <laughs> hopefully some thoughts. I'm just interested to get your view. Um, obviously, we've spoke about the downside potentially that's going to, that, well, something is gonna, definitely going to happen. We just don't know how severe it's going to be. It has been forecasted. It's going to be the worst recession we've ever had. Um, but there is going to be opportunities. What opportunities do you see going forward? How can people make the most of them opportunities? And what tools do you think people should have in the toolbox to be able to come up with something creative, but more importantly, a win-win for us and the vendor? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, so I would say, so our, our hypothesis is that actually it's not really going to be at least until the end of the year that we start to see the, the true so heading towards the bottom of what this is going to yeah. be. That's our current uh, thinking. So for us, it's, it's it's not about going out and buying a lot of property now but it's about preparing to go out and buy a lot of property so for us we uh talking as much as we possibly can to our current investors and sharing our thinking um but also talking to new investors too who are wanting to get money invested at the right time uh so for us it's a, a really a case of lining things up for a really it's going to be a very boring year up until the uh, we think towards the end of the year the early next early next year of just getting things ready getting our investors uh, prepped and lined up and you know understanding what the approach is going to be and the potential risks um, and also getting the, the sourcing ramped up too we're looking at potentially doing going back to some smaller units again so before we were you know only buying blocks of flats we're looking at adjusting that and ramping up the sourcing side of that uh, to to be able to do that kind of thing. Cause I think there's gonna be simpler deals uh, to be 
to be done and more creative deals as, as you say I think understanding creative ways to solve people's problems is definitely going to come back in again so swatting up on some of those tools making sure you've got the right legal uh, counsel to be able to help you draw up contracts um, for various specific niche situations that those are all the kind of things that we're doing but also the challenge is to have a really quiet 2020 and then we reckon probably one of the probably the busiest time of buying property that we've had so far is going to follow. How do you manage the team for that? So we're looking at getting the right kind of people ready and lined up to, to come and join the team at the right time so that we've got the infrastructure that we need there to go and to really uh, to scale up a lot. So I think, I think really now important. is the time. Yeah. Um, so and, and that also goes for systems as well, like how are you going to be managing things like tidying up your, you know, your current management processes, making sure that you've got a great arrears management process, because if you're going to go and <clears throat> buy a load more property, but your current portfolio is uh, a real shitstorm because you haven't you know, got a good process for managing how those uh, arrears are going to be repaid moving forwards, it's um, the whole thing's a, a, a deck of cards. No, definitely. Um, so... For me, um, what obviously you've you've obviously clearly worked on your mindset over this time um, to be quite resilient, and you know you are a, a very positive person. Um, for people listening, I've just started asking people who I'm interviewing, kind of what tools do you use to kind of what process have you been through? What tools have really stood out for you? Do you have like a routine? Um, is there any books or anything that's really stood out and been prominent in, in what you've been doing? Would you mind sharing that with us? Yeah, definitely. I would say the number one thing to say is therapy. <laughs> like, get a therapist is my, like, everyone should have a therapist. Um, I went and saw a therapist back in two years ago pretty much um and my remit to him was because I felt that the biggest limiting factor for me was caring too much about what other people thought uh and perfectionism and I wanted to get to the bottom of of that and find a way to manage it uh and that process has completely liberated me and given me tools to manage myself that I didn't have before and I'm like what everyone has well probably 95% of people have something that holds you back that you really can't get to the bottom of yourself and it's only someone who's like skilled in that can help you to do it oh my gosh it's um and it's also for me uh, you know I can get get to a certain point and sometimes I will still struggle but now knowing that there's someone I can go back to with a brief who understands where all of that those challenges come from wow it's it's seriously amazing so if you haven't been through that process um yeah I definitely recommend it the, the outcome of it for me was not at all what I expected uh, and I wouldn't I would not be in the next phase of business growth if it hadn't been for that process I can completely resonate with you on that um I I speak to somebody she's based in Australia I've spoken to her for the last five years and if, if I'd have met you five years ago I was a very very different person and like you say completely consumed about what other people thought Am I, am I good enough? And actually, it stems back from years ago. But I've been able to, now I've got the tools to be able to control that and, you know, push myself forward. And yeah, I'm completely with you. If anyone feels like that, getting someone to speak to, is, I'd pay a million pounds of it. No, yeah. genuinely, it has changed my life. And it's clearly, you know, it's changed yours as well. So um, yeah, thanks for sharing that, Jackie. I think that resonated with a lot of people. 
Yeah, so that's definitely the main one. I think there's been loads of other mindset shifts along the way as well. Um, but I think it's really hard in terms of moving into property because you have to completely shift your mindset to just potentially like, take on more risks than you did before. But I think it's like, it's really keeping, it's really hard keeping that balance between, you know, pushing forward and jumping in, but not just being stupid about it either. And I think that's probably a, that's a real danger. I think if you're around the property sort of training world and communities that this kind of can be this, you know, just do bigger projects. Like it's not that much harder. Like just go for it. Just stop, stop being such a wimp about it. But actually balancing that um, understanding of the risk and having a, a mitigation strategy in place that shows that you actually understand what the risks are and you've got some sort of plan. Yeah. but also forging ahead at the same time um for me that yeah has been a, a real balancing a real balancing act do you have a morning routine are you a morning routiner it's really funny i must be growing up because i'm actually starting to like getting up a bit earlier i used to be like, <laughs> so I was like the anti 5am club i was like no don't do it um <laughs> i'm not in the 5am club by any stretch but i am I'm getting up before 8am these days so that is um i must be getting i must be growing up <laughs> um morning routine the thing is i've worked really hard to not have too much of a routine like i specifically like i want to be able to get stuff done but i also left having a nine to five job because I didn't want to have to do the same thing every single day yeah. um so I guess all I would say is I never uh or unless there's some very specific reason I don't start the day looking at emails um or doing those more like tactical detailed things I always try and start the day with the most task that requires the most creativity um so yeah that's and that's what I would say. And then for me, it's more about managing my day through through time blocking and, and task management rather than a specific morning routine. Pop my cup of tea in bed. Always got a cup of tea in bed. Jackie, so in regards to your vision over the next um, three to five years, where do you want to take the property strategy? Because obviously I know you did a retreat last year. Um, I'm assuming you probably had one planned for this year, which we don't know what's going on with that. Yeah. Um, what's your vision with that? Um, and also, you know, your personal vision, like where, what do you and Dave want to achieve? Like, are you happy where you are or is the more that you want to do? Yeah, so a, a couple of years ago, Dave and I kind of thought we got to the point of saying, you know what, let's just consolidate the portfolio and just go and, and you know, live live life with business just ticking along in the background but actually that we just had been through a tough time and we needed to regain our inspiration and motivation again uh, and now that we've got that back we are we've got big big plans for growth uh, and it's not that we want to do it in a rush like we want to do it in a in a in a balanced way that's enjoyable um but yeah continuing to, to grow the portfolio uh, so the short-term target is just to get to build the property portfolio to over 100 units yeah. um, so that's the uh, the short-term target but ultimately we want to be able to work towards lifting the the reputation of the property industry uh, landlords have such a poor reputation and i think landlords need a rebrand um and i think we need an army of people who are worthy of standing behind that rebrand so for us it's about building great property businesses so it's not just about buying a load of properties and they're just you know badly managed and people having a poor experience of living there it's about the whole customer service experience so we want to in the property business make renting better than owning uh, because you just get such a great level of uh, service from us as a team and an organization that you 
want to come and rent with us and you want to stay with us uh, and ultimately that will mean we expand to more locations as well so that's like the vision for for tomes homes but we also that's our property strategy is part of this too because we're really selective of the people that we work with particularly on like the one-to-one the retreat basis like that we need to work with people who are aligned with our values and how business is done and coming from a service point of view this isn't just about making money obviously if you've got to be a good business it's got to be profitable but it's not about making money to the detriment of others um, and that lifting the industry and the reputation of landlords requires a, a big troop of people who are all aspiring to do great things and provide a great service so uh, that's that's what we're working towards on both sides of things and that's a much bigger vision than we've ever had before we've got a really really long way to go but with for me I love I love training um, I love working with people and helping them overcome the, the obstacles that are preventing them from living the life that they want and having a business that they're proud of and I seeing the great work that we've done we're very one-to-one uh, focused we have been since we started in property strategy but we're having to change that because I realized that whilst I love it I, it's, it's going to limit the impact we can have if we keep doing things that way and my one-to-one time I can't I'm, I'm full I can't take any more people on for one-to-one uh, for now because it's uh, for me delivering for those existing clients is really important um, so developing those one-to-many programs that are just as brilliant as the one-to-one offering is um, something that we need to to work on to get to that that next part of it um, but also doing more of this you know, <laughs> traveling uh you know programs are going to be predominantly run online uh which is probably the trend of the next couple of years anyway with the whole lockdown situation um but yeah we're going to focus on online because for us we want to be running our business from cool places um but also growing it because we love it like we've been stuck out in, here in lockdown and yes we've worked too hard but actually you know i've, I've loved it like uh, i think it's just so exciting how much potential there is like we're just really getting started like there's so much potential to grow there's so much tweaking and refining that needs to happen across the whole business and for us to be doing that and implementing the learnings and then sharing it so others can uh, leverage from that too yeah it's um, I'm, I'm really I'm really excited and you just touched on a point there actually which if it's all right I just want to dive into a bit um Obviously, everything has gone online. And do you think that it's going to have a lasting impact on the property industry? I mean, like, especially like a lot of um, estate agents I've spoken to going forward have now said that actually they're going to do virtual viewings before they do face-to-face to kind of eradicate the time wasters. So do you yeah. think it's going to have a lasting impression? What What's your view on that? Yeah, I think it will do. I think the world is it's just forcing everyone to get comfortable with it. And you realise the great time saving, cost saving benefits of all of it. Um, yeah, we're completely of the same mindset. I had a conversation yesterday with two of our team about how we're going to run virtual viewings as a first point of call, because so many viewings people don't turn up to. So, um, yeah, and I think if you're having to embrace more technology in how you run everything, um, I think it will have a lasting impact on property and a lasting impact on the wider world as well yeah well Jackie thank you so much for your time today I really really appreciate it and people have got so much value from this and when they listen to the podcast um I will put all the details about property strategy and and the things that you're doing also you're doing you're running virtual uh, meetups aren't you as well um yeah we've got another i'm not sure when our next one's going to be it's been such a crowded space online that uh it was uh it was a bit a bit 
I just, you know, we didn't, didn't cut through, you know, how we wanted it to. Um, we you know we've run recent things online, so we're just making sure we get the timing right on the next one. But in the meantime, we've launched something called the Scalability Score, which is a an online assessment tool where you it's about the test takes about ten minutes uh, and it assesses your whole property business uh, across five different areas and gives you a score for how scalable you are. And then it gives you a sixty-page bespoke report across all the different areas for what you can be working on. So even if you haven't joined us at an event recently go and go and check that out because it's been working oh, well. it's been, <laughs> it's, we're really proud of it and we've had amazing feedback it's been five years of learning and turning into something that's like a real algorithm that can assess but also like about six months of work to get the thing pulled together so yeah please check it out it's um, we're really proud of it is that on your website it is yeah i'll share a link as well on this so um go thanks so much jackie yeah. and uh, keep enjoying the glorious weather in france <laughs> thanks very much laura thanks for having me thank you see you soon